Greetings, Action or listener. And listen, I'm not going to keep you very long. I just wanted to say two things. Number one, thank you so much for all the fans who voted for the featured art. Uh, Yoda won by a very small margin. The Stormtrooper lost by two votes. So absolutely everyone counted, and we thank you so much for taking the time to do that. The second thing is read our complete review of Star Wars The Force Awakens on ThatKindOfNerd.com, written by Ryan Bloomer. It is phenomenal and a must-read. And if you haven't seen Star Wars yet, we do have a spoiler-free review for you as well. So tons of options for you on Star Wars on ThatKindOfNerd.com. And we're going to want to hear from you guys after this episode as to what you thought about the movie, what you thought about some of the theories that are flowing around, basically anything that's Star Wars related, we want to hear from you. So without further ado, let's start the show. So uh, Merry Christmas to both of you. I don't think I actually got to say it to you guys today. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Uh, We're recording this on uh, Friday the 25th, uh, so uh, this is going to come out on Monday. So early Happy New Year's to you, listener. Uh, Hope you had a good holiday. Uh, I know that the nerds in the world just had a great holiday. We just had Star Wars Day. (laughs) Okay, so this is the one and only thing that you're going to get from me. We're going to talk about Star Wars this entire episode. So we're going to talk about Star Wars The Force Awakens. If you haven't seen Star Wars The Force Awakens, turn off the damn podcast now, go see the movie, and come back. We'll still be here, I promise. This isn't one of those like, oh, you know, you're not really, I mean, we're going to spoil some things, but in the scheme of things, it's really not that bad. No, like, this is going to, like, can totally destroy your movie experience if you're listening to this and haven't seen the movie. That being said, you have been warned. I want to get into this thing. <laughs> so let's dive let's, into it. Let's let's talk about some some first impressions. Let's uh, before we get into first impressions of the movie and you know what we thought and spoilers and all that stuff. Let's talk about numbers real quick. This movie made a shit ton of money. It broke the opening day record. Um, it made 128 million. Opening day between Thursday night and Friday, which beat Harry Potter, uh, Deathly Hollows Part 2, which uh, was currently holding the position at like 99 mil. This made 128 wow. million. And it beat Jurassic World for opening weekend. It made 238 million opening weekend, beating Jurassic World by about $30 million. That's huge. And Jurassic World just got that moniker. They just got the highest grossing. And the best opening part. Weekend. The best part about it is it fell shy of worldwide opening by about $9 million because it hasn't opened in China yet, which is the second biggest movie market in the world. So once it opens in China, it's, this movie is just going to make so much money hand over fist. It's going to blow Avatar's record out of the water. I can't wait. So that being said, how many times did you guys see the film? I saw, I saw it twice. Ryan? Um, I, I saw it. Twice, but by the time this airs, I will have seen it three times. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going for the second time tomorrow morning. Um, okay. But if Paul is listening, I saw Alvin and the Chipmunks on Thursday night, not Star Wars. Because I was supposed <laughs> to see it for the first time with him. So, Paul, Alvin and the Chipmunks was amazing. If you don't want it spoiled, <laughs> pause this podcast. <laughs> What's the spoiler for Alvin and the Chipmunks? They sing. Um, um, they sing. 
and they Alvin's get into in some trouble. random shenanigans. I think Day- Dan yells Alvin once or twice. Uh, I don't want I don't want to get too much into it because I don't want people to get you know ruined for them. <laughs> You're right. You, we didn't get set the spoiler alert for Alvin and Chipmunks. Yeah, no. I mean, Wars. there was no disclaimer for that. So uh, <laughs> okay. Fair, fair assessment. So, the, I mean, the, the numbers alone are impressive. And, I mean, even from pre-sale you know, uh, numbers, we knew this thing was going to be gigantic. Oh, yeah. It crashed Fandango servers three times on the day that those tickets became available. I'm actually more interested to figure out what they made so far in merchandising. Yeah. I that that's the funny thing. That's not even because it's got to be way more than what they made on the movie. Oh yeah, not not including any merchandising, toys, commercials, anybody who bought an Acura because they said something about Star Wars. <laughs> Just not including any of that, which is insane. And, and the, as we know, Star Wars is everywhere right now. So the amount and the amount of kids who probably got Star Wars toys and socks and stuff for Christmas. I mean this. The merchandising money, I don't even want to be able to wrap my head around that. So so all of Santa's presents for Christian were wrapped in Star Wars paper. Nice. <laughs> nice. Like, he, I mean, dude went wild on Star Wars theme. Good. Santa's a fan. Sa- Santa is a fan. I mean, right. he'd, he'd be stupid not to be. I mean, if you really think about it, Santa could be a Jedi. I think Je- say he is, like, part Jedi. I would He's got to be. Part Jedi. He's got the beard, all right? Uh, he's got a basically a spacecraft with the the reindeer flying around. Sort of silly, loose fitting robes. Yeah, exactly. Yep, uh, and the power to read people's minds. Know if they're yeah. naughty or nice. He he, he knows when you're asleep, uh, and he knows when you're awake. Uh, I would say partial Jedi. If there's any real Jedi in the world, Santa Claus. He's up on my list of top people that would have those powers. Absolutely. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> he is definitely the light side as well. So let's so let's do this. Uh, so Krampus is the uh, the, the Kr- dark Krampus side. is definitely <laughs> definitely the Sith. <laughs> I've seen that guy force choke somebody. I, I know there's a movie about him. <laughs> Pretty sure he force choked someone in that movie. Uh, all right. So let's let's do this. Let's talk some first impressions. Uh, let let's get this out of the way, and then we'll go right into the big spoiler because it's the one that hurts us the most. Uh, Josh, what were your, your first impressions of, of walking out of this film? All right. Uh, so leaving, leaving the theater, uh, I was not, I was still processing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, lots of story. I thought it was, I thought it was great. I I will say this. I was completely distracted by the stupid 3d. Just (laughs) thoroughly distracted by every time I turn my head, everybody, but the principal is blurry and then it was just all, it's just awful, just awful. Um, so I was actually a little angry about, cause I felt like I missed pieces, uh, because I was distracted and I didn't like that, but, um, I get more and more excited to go see it again tomorrow morning with Christian for the second time and Laura and Zoe for the first time. Um, so I, I was crazy about Finn's story arc. I was crazy about the way they developed the characters and it, you you guys when you were talking about it feeling more like the original trilogy than the prequels, it absolutely did. Yeah, it absolutely. Felt, it felt like a new hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. I totally that, agree. That's, with that's that. my initial impression. Brian, what about you? Uh yeah. Um, again, uh, I, it's just the the main thing about a Star Wars movie is that feeling that that feeling of 
no matter what's happening, no matter who, what dire straits the galaxy is in and everything, you, you have this hopeful feeling and you just become so attached to these characters. And I'm right there with you, Josh. They introduced a few new characters. They introduced, you know, four, if you include BB-8. And, like, you fall in love with them extremely quickly mm-hmm. and get extremely attached to them. And and the characters that we already love are almost kind of like backdrop and scenery at some points, which and, and, you know, you should be angry about that, but you're not because these new characters are so great and they're so interesting to watch. Um, I was watching it alone in the theater and I just had a smile plastered on my face the entire time. And every time I thought I would go back to like resting dick face, I, I something <laughs> happened and I just got a huge smile on my face again. The, the little homages were perfect for People, you don't have to be a Star Wars fan to see this movie, but it helps. Um, so I was. Yeah, I actually I kind of felt mm-hmm. like if you had never seen Star Wars, you'd be OK. You'd still be you'd all right. You'd still be OK. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't need to, which is great for new fans and, and people who are trying to kind of get into this, but don't want to watch the 1970s versions because maybe. Yeah, you don't have effects. to watch any of them. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to. And it's amazing. And that's, and that's the beauty of this, because I really left the movie just so energized and so ready for more things to come. And knowing that now there are new Star Wars fans who exactly what we just talked about haven't seen the prequels or the original you know, movies. There's people who saw this who don't know who Jar Jar Binks is, and they're lucky sons of bitches. You lucky but son of I, I left that movie knowing that knowing that I saw the movie like I was keeping a secret that I couldn't tell anybody um, and and feeling really okay with that and just urging everybody that I could that I ran into to go see it um, nothing seriously no no pessimistic feelings no I wish they would have done this I was e- extremely uh, excited and I was really proud of the job that they did uh, on this franchise so first impressions I was giddy with glee and I couldn't wait for the rest of the world to feel the same way I did. <laughs> so I want to talk about the the big point here. And I, I want to start with Josh because there was a moment that I had with it. So, again, seriously, when when Han Solo dies. Yeah. Okay. So you just go right about, for the gut. Oh, dude, we're so going to no talk about that. So I, I expected I expected Han Solo to die because Harrison Ford's 137 years old. <laughs> So I, I expected the character to die. Um, and the more I, you know, the more throughout the movie you hear about the character Kylo Ren, you think, well, he's definitely going to die. He's going to kill his father. It's sort of a theme here. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Right. So this is a big deal. Right. Um, so I knew it was going to happen. And I'm, I'm sort of, you know, Christian's next to me and I'm bracing. He knows it's coming. He, he said the same thing. Um, and I'm I'm ready for this to happen. I thought he was just going to get tossed into the shaft, right? I thought, right. Just whatever. Yep. Uh, the way it happened, I did not expect to immediately start crying. <laughs> and I'm I'm not even kidding about Im- immediately. It in the moment that it happened, I felt like I, I, you know what I felt? I felt like Nathan Lane in the Birdcage. Like I, <laughs> I gasped, I gasped, and I just started crying. <laughs> right, and and. Uh, I, like I'm trying to pull it together a little bit, and I look down at Christian, and he's talking to his friend. Like, <laughs> like oh my just god, happened. did you see that? And I'm like, oh, you, I, I, I know that you weren't that attached to, to Han. I was, yeah, sorry, you know what I mean. So it was that, like, I, uh, that was an awful, awful, awful I, moment. I'm, I'm watching that moment, 
And uh, Jenny immediately, the same thing, same thing with you, immediately starts crying. And I'm not kidding. Jenny cried until the movie was over, till the credits started rolling. <laughs> just, oh, just didn't, just didn't stop. Because we had just precious. watched all the movies. Again, we, we watched them all just to, to, to do this and to, to get ready for it. So, she, I mean, this character is so fresh to her again, just crying the whole time. I'm holding it in. And, and a, a few things are flickering through my mind. Uh, like oh my god! I, I, like I knew they were gonna do it, but I didn't think they were gonna. I don't think they were gonna have Kylo Ren stab him with a lightsaber. Right. The right. moment the moment that he's touching his face, yeah. he's, he's still holding hope. Oh my god! And then I'm and then I'm flashing forward to like oh my god! I'm gonna be watching this movie with my daughter in 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 just a few years, and I'm gonna have to relive this pain and torment on her side <laughs> and watch her go through it. And and I'm thinking to myself, no, it's not gonna be that bad. And then I look next to me, and there's this little boy who's about Christian's age, and it's like a Dementor came into the theater oh, it and is all the forcefully out. removing this boy's soul from his body. <laughs> I mean, snot bubbles, weeping, <laughs> oh. openly weeping. His his dad, who's obviously just as upset as we all are, is – I mean, he doesn't even know how to process what just happened, yet alone console his son. So the whole family <laughs> You're always is, supposed to put the oxygen mask on yourself so first. Before you help exactly. – Before you help the children. <laughs> little, so, little does CJ know that that, that little boy – was actually me three seats down i just <laughs> and it's, lost and, it and, and and there's people oh my god i can't believe it the whole theater and and i gotta be honest the, th- the showing i went to the fans were very engaged and i loved it but i just we're, we're i don't know what to do and i'm i'm fine i'm not crying at all and then at the very end when ray is just looking at, at luke and and holding out the lightsaber the look in her face that's when just like everything is gonna hit you right now boom and i'm just <laughs> crying just Pouring tears. That's that's when you lost it. Well, I just I, there was nothing else. That was the final thing. It was the little feather that came on my pile of oh my god, you can't <laughs> handle anymore. And just the dam broke. And and the the credits come on, and Jenny's like, we have to go, we have to go, because she's crying. I'm like, I just hold on, I just started. <laughs> I just started processing this. Like, I hold on, I don't, I don't get to process. I need to process. But um, that that moment, what just, you so felt, you felt, and and. Because you felt like she had a look of despair, or I, 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 I want to talk more about that moment, but I want to hear Brian's thought on on Han. Well, l- let me let me it. before Brian starts. Let me say this: after I got sorry, like after I got done being selfish and just thinking about how I felt, right? Um, I immediately thought about Brian going to a theater <laughs> for the first time by himself. Now look, I've done it. I've done it. I've had it happen to me in a theater on by myself and you're just like you have this moment where the, the all the feels hit you and you well up uh fast 7. That's that was the that was it for me. Uh and three rows back there's a dude just slobbering <laughs> all over himself, right? And I and I thought I, I hope Brian's okay right now. <laughs> like I hope he was okay. Um, I was I was okay-ish. I don't cry at movies normally. I I think I've said this before. I think the only movie that's really truly made me cry is Homeward Bound. No, the ending of Toy Story three every time makes me cry. Yeah. Um, I saw that scene and and I it was just like you, Josh. I saw it coming, I, not because uh, you know Harrison Ford is ancient. Um, but just the the way they were building the story, I was like, oh, oh man, he's he's gonna he's gonna die. I don't know. You mean right I, now? Did you go through the stages of grief? Right yeah, because like, I went through I, denial like, and everything from too. From the moment he hits that bridge and he goes Ben, and I'm like, oh god, this is gonna happen. I'm gonna have to. I'm like mentally preparing myself. I'm like, I'm gonna have <laughs> to deal with this. Like 
I, I don't, what do I do? Like the guy next to me is like, you know, really engaged. I'm like, I, I don't know you. I can't cry on your shoulder. Like what, <laughs> what, what do I do? And it happened. And, what and do I do with my hands? Yeah, yeah, I'm like sitting there like I'm, I'm holding the popcorn. I'm like, do I just throw the popcorn in the air? <laughs> what, what, what is the appropriate reaction for this? And the, it happened and I, I started tearing up and I, and it, and it was like, okay, I can do this. I can, I don't have to weep. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm keeping it cool. The thing that broke the dam for me was after the big fight and the Millennium Falcon comes up and Chewie's in that cockpit alone. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like the first time Chewie's been in the Millennium Falcon by himself. And I was like, oh, my God, he's Han's never going to be sitting in that seat again. <laughs> oh, my what? God. No, that can't that can't happen. Like and, and I that's when I was like, all right. I'm like I'm I'm holding the popcorn up to the side because I was on the edge, so I didn't have to block the left side of my face. I blocked the right side of my face, and I'm like, all right, I, I just need a few minutes. Holding my popcorn up very naturally. Yeah, like this is how nothing I eat going popcorn. On. What are you looking see. at? Like this I, I is like, how I eat popcorn. <laughs> There's a hole in the side, it's, and I'm doing it, it through. Yeah, that. I just and, and that's where all the butter is. That's it's what like I do. A cat, it's like one of those cat feeders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm just like. I, I don't know what how and that what sucked the most and I found this article and I told CJ about it. I forget who wrote it and I'm so sorry. Um because I, I was reading online all I was like, oh well, you know, my big complaint about Force Awakens, and I'm like, you're a douchebag who's nitpicking something that's damn near perfect. This one guy was like my one problem with with Star Wars. I'm like, well, let me read what this idiot has to say. And the the gist of the article was my one big problem with Star Wars is that I have to wake up tomorrow morning and realize that Han's dead. And I have to process that. And the worst part about it is because I don't want to spoil it for anybody, I can't talk about it to anyone. And that's how I felt. The next day at work, CJ hadn't seen it. A bunch of people at work hadn't seen it. And I'm just looking for something like, please, tell me someone see this movie. I need to talk about this. My my feelings have not processed correctly. Um so it, it really hit me more in the, the day or two after uh, that I couldn't talk about it with anybody. It was such a huge emotional scene. And I was just, I was hoping, like, it happened and I knew it was going to happen. And I was still angry about the entire situation. <laughs> Not because it happened, but because I didn't know how to process it. The, this, the, and again, I, I was with an audience that was pretty well engaged. And I think at that point we were all, and again, everyone was crying. People are like, no, I mean, it was, it was a, it was a to do. Um, and there were a couple things that were like instant red flags. And as soon, and just again, too, as soon as he walks into the platform and says, Ben, you're like, oh no, you're not going to kill Han Solo. Like you're not doing it. No, 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 no. So there's the denial part of it. And then I start looking around and it looks just, and it, it, it kind of looks like, the scene where Luke finds out that Vader is his father. Yep. It, it, yeah. it has that, that look to it, which is great. So they're, they're calling on that too. It's so like, all right, really important things are going to happen here. I think Han Solo's going to die. Shit. They're going to kill Han Solo to then he, you know, gets stabbed, falls down. And I'm like, okay, now in movie logic, uh, there's always hope. He can I mean, totally there's always survive. Totally, totally hope that he can survive. Then there's the scene happens and the planet is blowing up and the whole theater is applauding and cheering and i'm like you idiots you don't realize what you've just done you've just applauded the confirmed fact that han solo will never come back that he can never come back you sons of bitches so upset about it um 
the scene is so emotional. I know a lot of you have a lot of feelings about it too. So we, we definitely want to hear. If you don't, you are dead inside. <laughs> I want to hear uh, what went through your head. Uh, what do you think about it now? Is, is is there something about that? that what, do you think it was good? Did it bother you? Was it good? I, whatever you, you felt about it. I want to hear your personal experience. So, uh, again, we'll, we'll give it the phone number. Hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Um, try to keep it private right now considering, um, you know, that some people still haven't seen the movie. Uh, and uh, I definitely want to hear what you guys have to say about the death of Han Solo because it's big. It's going to impact the universe a lot. And to Brian's point, the, the, the article that he read, and again, we're very sorry to the author for not having it. As soon as we find it, we'll include it in the show notes. The the main gist of that article was I really didn't realize I had lost uh, – I wasn't preparing to lose a friend when we started this movie. Right. And and I didn't get to spend enough time with him. It was a Time <laughs> article. I, I found it. Oh, by, did you? By Steven Zacharek from Time.com. Um, really, really nice article. And it really just opens up with I never knew how much I cared about Han Solo until it was too late. Yeah. And I and, feel and, like and, everybody kind of felt that way. And it's it, the 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 gist of the article is beautifully articulated, and uh, it, I, we all felt that same way. So uh, for the death of Han Solo, a, a small moment of silence in our hearts because I have a big <laughs> Han Solo shaped hole really? right there. Oh, and here's the best part. Here is the best part about it because I feel like every time it gets brought up, I have to go through the stages of grief again. I got my loot crate <laughs> the other day, and inside it is a pop vinyl figure of him. In the jacket he wore on the Star Killer planet, and I'm like, oh my, that's like right before he dies, and I just went through the entire thing all over. Yeah, and, again. <laughs> and when I saw the movie, when I saw the movie again today, it wasn't easier the second time around. No, like it's I know not. it's coming, and it's still just as painful. I still cried. I still cried. I knew it was coming, and I still <laughs> cried because I'm sitting next to my little brother, and my little brother has no idea it's coming. I'm like, oh son of a bitch, he doesn't know. <laughs> you poor fool. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And and the thing is, live now, Jimmy. Live now. Listen, if you can walk out of this movie right now, and you would still think Han Solo's alive. But the problem is, you can't because everything that happens after that point is amazing. Everything. So, um, if we need to come back to Han Solo, we will. I, I want to move on to some other topics, and I I want to I want to talk a little bit then about the next thing that's blowing up the internet, and I want to talk about our theories of who is Ray. Well, let's talk about Ray the character for a little bit. Yes, let's please. That'd be great. I mean, I love this character. I, I, I think I, here's the thing that I loved about how they did this movie is that it was it would have been very easy from moment one to have you with Han and Chewie and Leia and to have Luke there. And the moment those characters are on the screen, those are the main characters and I am attached to them. Nobody else matters. The way they did this with you don't see anybody until a good half hour into the movie Han and Chewie show up. Um, so it gives you time to kind of get in touch with these characters and get in touch with Rey. And Rey is very much a, a Luke Skywalker-esque character. She's yep. alone mm-hmm. on a planet. She She's really good with machines. She's really good with repairing ships. And she knows she's how just to trying, fly without any training. Right, and she's just trying to make a life for herself and, and try to you know do something maybe beyond her means which is the Luke Skywalker story in a nutshell. So there was those elements that I was like, oh, well, this is awesome. She She's kind of like Luke Skywalker, but maybe, you know, she's not a Jedi. Little did I know that <laughs> later in the movie, she's a freaking badass Jedi. Um, and, and I loved her. I, I think Daisy Riddle did an amazing performance, and I want to see her in more things, more of everything. 
and, and less of everybody else because she was just so endearing uh, right I off lo- the bat. What I loved about Ray and the way that you're introduced to her, and Brian, you're absolutely right. If you would have just put the the big, you know, the the old callbacks on right immediately. I don't think we would be attached to this character. I love the fact that the first time you see her, you don't actually see her. She's wearing the goggles. She's wearing the whole getup, and she looks kind of alien. You don't know who you're dealing with. And a lot of it is done through a lot of the – She, she kind of looked like Leia did, right, when mm-hmm. she went – A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the spurlunking kind of outfit, and, and she kind of looked a little like Leia once it's revealed. But a no, lo- no, 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 like Leia when she went to rescue Han from Jabba's – Yes, Layer. I'm saying it was the same sort of getup, wasn't it? It well, she had that weird mask on. I, I, yeah, it yeah. Was she, more she like, had like the snoot, but uh, like other than that, wasn't she wrapped up that way? Yeah, yeah, she was wrapped oh. up that way. She, I, yeah, because she was kind of impersonating a bounty hunter. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and and what I loved was a lot of the stuff that endears you to her immediately. It's a lot of nonverbal. It's the um, coming down there and you know throwing all your shit into th- uh, into your your hovercraft and, and flying off, and then when she gets back to her home and she's it's the ritual of things. It's get in there, scratch a, a mark on the wall. I've been alone for these many days. I mean, instantly you just see that and be like, this poor girl. I mean, she is a loner. Really, she is the moment- someone who's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. No, no. It's just someone who's who's looking for something more. She's she's waiting for something. You don't just count how many days you've been alone. It's it's clearly waiting for something to occur as well. Right. Uh, And then it's eat my food. Put on that that rebel. That's the moment I I kind of the rebel helmet. Girl is the best. And bob around, and I'm like, oh my god, you are a fan of Star Wars. Yeah. She had she had the rebel pilot helmet, and she's just like. Sitting and and on the sand, being like do 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 do, I'm a rebel pilot, and I was like, I remember doing that with a cardboard box or something. That's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> it's you instantly attached to it, going, oh my god, I I love Jedi's too, and I love the rebel cause, and oh my god, I know exactly what you're going through because I've had the moment where I've counted down something to happen, uh, and the moment that I felt alone. Oh my god, I get you. I get I get where you're coming from. I'm, I'm on board. Uh, and I thought that was great, and that's just. Fantastic writing and even better directing when it comes to stuff like that. So going into the theories circulating around the interwebs, and there's really only two, two main ones. And the big question is, because this movie did a lot of seed planting, did a lot of we're building towards something bigger, right? And, right which right. was amazing. Um, so it, it had a lot of unanswered questions. And one of them was, well, well who exactly is Ray related to? Because later in the movie, we find out she, she has, she's, she has the ability to use the force. She's obviously a Jedi of some sort. Who's her? Who is her daddy, and what does she do? Um, <laughs> so, the main, the two prevalent theories are that she is either Han and Leia's daughter, who would be she would be a sister to to Ben slash Kylo Ren, and the other theory is that she's Luke's daughter and was abandoned after Kylo Ren kind of did his crazy "I'm going to kill everybody" thing, and Luke went his away. Anakin run, as I call it. Your your what? What'd you call it? He, the Anakin run. When he pulled an Anakin oh. and just started killing all the Jedi that he possibly could. Yeah, but he could. didn't kill younglings. I, well, you don't know. We don't know who he well, killed. Well, I, anyway. I choose to anyway. believe he didn't kill younglings. Anyway. But yeah, I, I, I'm in the camp that the more I think about it, the more I think she's Luke's daughter. I yeah. think I think that scene where you're you, that you're talking about, where she marks the mark on the wall, she's got a doll of a rebel pilot fighter that helmet mm-hmm. is very similar to the helmet, if not the exact helmet that Luke wore in in New Hope. 
Um, I think those are all little nods to be like, well, maybe that she's Luke's daughter. I think maybe uh, she was on the planet that Luke was on when training Jedi. And after shit hit the fan and Luke decided that he needed to go away, he left her to fend for herself. Did did you think that way from the beginning or did you change halfway through? Like no. your first initial reaction because you're, you're trying to solve the mystery. Who my initial, my initial reaction was Luke all along. I mean, there's okay. there's the stuff I read online made me think, oh, maybe she's on. But when I saw it a second time, I was like, I'm almost positive she's Luke's. What, what, what about only, you, Josh? It was the same. I, I thought, you know. The the brother and sister theme continuing, I thought, you know, both sides of the force represented in the family, blah, blah, blah. She's probably a, a sister to Ben. But then I started thinking about the timeline there. And, you know, she was abandoned probably between two and three, according just by the look of the film. Right. And, you know, he's not that much older. So, mm-hmm. like, he would have known. Yeah. Right. So that's that's not like something I thought they could hide. Um, and, you know, I, I thought it was. In the expanded universe that Luke never had any children, so I, I know we're not strictly talking about Star Wars canon, but I, I don't recall him having children. Brian, I I actually think maybe not in the expanded novels, but I think it's some of the like Dark Horse series. He had a yeah, kid. Yeah, there's there is something that he has. Some, it, some of the comic okay. books. The, I'm pretty the sure beauty, he has the a beauty child. of Disney owning Marvel and the Disney. No, I know. I just, just I thought out. that if if they're gonna go that way, then there's got to be also backstory about her mother, and that's another character you got to create. I'm just not. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not crazy about that theory. I'm, like I, some some relation to Obi Wan, I could I could buy. So are you on the solo? Are you on the the solo side? Or are you on a, a third party that's going in a different direction? Uh, I don't think it's related to Leia. I don't think she's related to Leia at all. At all? No. So she's someone else's kid who happens to have I, a I bunch of midichlorians. I can't explain. Do not the, say I, that word. I can't I can't wrap the Luke connection. I can't wrap my head around it right now. Medi- See, first of all, no, we have to address this. Medichlorians, A, are never mentioned in this movie, and B, are a curse word. <laughs> <laughs> to I all agree. true Star Wars fans, you do I, not say that I, on this I just, podcast. I just listen. There's, there's some people. No, they're and, wrong. And, and no, they they're wrong. Brian, I, I actually, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. You're killing me, Josh. I like, I like the story. So, um, you know, for for me, it's a couple things. From the get go, I, I thought Luke because that's just how everything's kind of set up. It's very Luke esque. Um, something about her just has this quality where I just, I, I thought Luke, and to be honest, I'm really hoping that they're not brother and sister because I just see that as a continuation of the brother sister storyline. And I'm, I, we've, we've done that in Star Wars once. There's no need to do it again. Why not? Um, it's just, I, I just find it to be a little, let's just repeat the trilogy thing. And I want this to be something different. I want this they, to have some unique they, thing for it. They just, the the biggest thing that happened in the movie was a son killed his father. I, again, which is why I think you're allowed to do one big let's copy the original trilogy and then let's move on to something unique and different. Here's here's the thing though, the the things that point towards and I'll, I'll vouch and I'll, I'll explain the the solo theory is that she instantly knows her way around the Millennium Falcon and just knows how to fix it, knows its knows its ins and outs, but also knows how to, to kind of make a purr and do that. And the only person who's ever been really to, able to do that is is Han and Chewbacca, if, you know, Chewie, if, if he's got the skills for it sometimes. 
Uh, but mostly it's Han's direction telling Chewie what to fix. Um, she looks up to Han like a like a father figure. Um, I mean, she she is enamored with him the second that they get the opportunity to spend time together. Han offers her a job on on the Millennium Falcon, says, fly with me, come be part of this. I think it'd be great. Here's a gun, kind of treats her like that. So a lot of people were just saying a lot of evidence going that way. And then when you look at some of the, the Kylo Ren stuff, too, you're like, well, there's some even more proof. But I, I don't think that's the case. I mean, when you think about it, that that's the same type of relationship an uncle would have with his and, niece as yeah, well. And, Exactly. And and here's and here's my theory, Josh, and, and this is why I think it it could be Luke. And there's a big puzzle piece missing, so I'll acknowledge this. There's a big gaping hole in my theory. But it, it comes down to this. A gaping chasm, perhaps? I don't know if I go that far. Um, I, I agree that if she is Kylo Ren's brother, he would know about her, and, and he would be searching for her more actively than – than he was because he was going after the droid, not going after her. My theory comes down to this. I think she was training with Luke uh, or was with Luke right before Kylo Ren went, you know, Anakin on everything or or after whatever. He was with her because um, she had some kind – because once she gets the Force awakened with her with Kylo Ren, she instantly just kind of understands I can manipulate a stormtrooper. If I focus a little more, I know how to fight. And I, I'm, I can get this stuff, like, instantly. Just has an idea. So here's my theory. She had some training with Luke. When shit's starting to go bad, it needs to be, we need to separate her from Kylo Ren. Because I can see the light in her, and it's very strong, and I can sense the dark coming in him, and it's it could be big. So I think that he repressed, somehow with the Force, repressed her memories and her training of this experience in her life. Put her onto this this planet to hide her, just like Luke was hidden, from from Vader, and once the Force was awakened, some of that training is starting to kick in, which to me also suggested the look on her face at the end of the movie once she finally finds Luke and why Luke's lightsaber is calling to her in all those experiences. Are you saying all of this because somehow your MK Ultra was triggered because <laughs> of the yes. movie? I flashed in this movie, absolutely. Okay, I'm just making sure. Well, I mean, um, and to me, now just, the big gaping hole is who the hell's the mom, and I have absolutely no idea. And you know, right. for me, not a clue. I don't give a shit who's the mom. That's just me. You I, should. I, I really don't. Uh, That's a good. That would be a good story. I mean, it would be it, an interesting it would be really story. Good. But I, I, I feel like it made it makes more sense to me because listen, Kylo Ren just went and and is trying to kill all the Jedi, and and Luke has pretty much got a target on his back, so he's not going to keep his daughter around with him for potential safety reasons. So why not leave her alone, kind of dump her on this planet and, and make sure that she's safe. Yeah. She'll be alone and, and she'll never know who her father, you know, really was or anything, but she's alive and that's all that matters. Um, you don't think there could have been another, you don't think there could have been another Jedi somewhere close like Obi-Wan was what watching over. Her. I do. I think there is. In, yeah, in the I beginning of the I movie, don't think, I don't think she's Luke's daughter, man. Well, hold on. I think I think she is, and I think there was someone watching her in the beginning of the movie when they open up and they're on the planet. What's the name of the planet? I'm sorry, Jakku. I Jakku. Right, because everyone wants to go back that, there. That older guy crazy. at the beginning was probably yes, over the her. old dude. Because they're on the same planet and they're not that far from each other, even though they have to travel a bit because BB-8 rolls out of there. That old guy not only has the map to Luke Skywalker, but has knowledge of the Force. Maybe not an actual Jedi, but maybe a friend or a counsel to the Jedi, uh, or Luke at that point, who's remaining. But and we don't know who he was. Don't know who he right? is. Don't know who he is. Don't know if he's coming back. Don't know if it's ever going to be explained. But that could be somebody who is watching 
her even from a very far distance or just making sure that no one comes to that scrapyard area to, to kill her. And and the reason why the map is hidden on that planet to get to Luke Skywalker is in case she decides to, uh, in case something comes back to her, she can get to Luke. That, again, theory, big gaping holes and everything. I get it. But that's my initial theory. This old guy is someone who's watching over her. Because no, we I don't know much about, about that. That's good. Well done, CJ. Right. Thank you. I thought long and hard about that. Enjoy that compliment. It's your Christmas gift. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't just that though. They went. El- they went elsewhere, and I know that. that what, what was the little woman with the crazy eye thing? Maz. Maz. So um, it feels like she also had some knowledge, uh, specifically of this, and and that there was more there. Everybody's in on the joke. I think Han knew the entire time, but he knew he can't tell her anything i don't think so mm, i'm pretty sure but han's actions don't 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 give that away it, what, what is the moment that han would would kind of hint to someone that he knows I, I i just think that both han and leia know who she is they just know they can't talk about it I, it's just a feeling that i got i think her him offering her that job on the millennium falcon is more than just like hey you're pretty good around this ship it's or it's you are important to me in some way, whether he, she is his daughter or she's his best friend's daughter. I want to keep an eye on you. See, I read that as I can see that you're someone important and I've seen someone been torn apart by the force. And I can obviously tell that you have something with this and I've seen someone lose themselves entirely to it. And I'd rather shelter you and keep you away from that. And know I can get you off of this planet right here, right now and never go over there and never get close to the rebellion. By coming with me, because I'm running away from my problems. I'm running away from the rebellion. I could take you and shield you from that. Which is I need also answers. Is really you, what it, yeah. we need episode eight. I must, I must have answers right. We now. We must have episode eight. It needs yes. to come out. So uh, like and and I I love I love the theories that you guys have put into and the input that you guys have. So I, I appreciate you for letting me be the sounding board to bounce some of my stuff off of it. So I I, I greatly appreciate it. Um, at the end of the day, I just want to get the final consensus. Josh, is she a solo? Is she um, a Skywalker or is she someone else? I believe she's someone else. Brian, Sky- end of the day, what Skywalker. do you Skywalker. A Skywalker? I, I am, say a Skywalker. I am in the Skywalker too. camp. I'm going to go with that. Um, I can't wait to see what happens. Uh, and the beauty of this is, and, 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 and I want to get a, an answer from this. Were you mad? Did you have any problems with not knowing at the end of this film? Absolutely not. She is? No way. No. Right. Which I can't think of many movies, especially like a, a, a beginning to a trilogy, that would leave a big puzzle like this and not piss people so not piss people off. It was not great. only was I not upset because the movie was just wonderful in, in general and, and, and brought everything that I loved about Star Wars back into my life. I sat in that theater throughout the entire credits, not because I was thinking, oh, maybe there's a little scene at the end, but I just did not want it to end. Like yeah. those credits rolled and I was like, I don't want to leave. Please show me two and a half hours more of this stuff. Do right. you have episode eight? Play it now. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I need to watch more. <laughs> Brian, we were, talk- we were talking about this a bit. And Brian was like, and I just sat there and I was just waiting for it. It's like it's like the credits would end and they would be like, hey, Brian, Brian, I know you're really upset. We're just going to play the next <laughs> we're gonna, one. We're okay? going to play the next Shh, one for you. We're just going to play. Your, don't, don't all leave. your questions don't leave. will be answered. 
we're gonna we're just gonna play the next one. Wait, way to go, uh, true fan. You sat through the credits and here's your reward, the next movie. What if what if what if episode eight like answers most of your questions it, in the first hold on, like in the first hour fifteen, like the first half of the movie, mm-hmm. and then spends the next hour fifteen twisting that all up. <laughs> um that would be awesome. That's fine. Cause isn't that what Empire did? I guess. Listen, as long as they don't the story answer wait, wait, is better now. Yeah, never mind. Listen, as long the story, as they, the, the first hour doesn't like answer all my questions, and then the next hour and a half concentrates completely on the Senate and pod races, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm completely okay with it. Um, yeah, uh, uh, guys, the the theories on the internet are uh, going crazy, and they are strong with the internet right now, everywhere. Uh, so if you agree with one of us, we want to hear from you about that. If you disagree, we want to hear that even more. Uh, if if you're in the, the the camp that Josh is, that there's a third option because really no one's exploring. Oh, every, that. no, everybody's going to tell me I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> listen, there could be a third option. You don't know. Everybody's going to tell me um, I'm stupid. We'll do that. So let's 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 talk about let's um, talk about the other characters. I was just about to say let's talk about a lot the of time on up. Ray. I absolutely positively love Finn, by the way. Yes. Yep. Finn, I left the movie with him going, I think you're my favorite character. And and here's here's the funny thing about this. As we were talking about Star Wars, the uh there's the the thing from How I Met Your Mother where Marshall is talking to Ted about um Sarah Talk's character never seeing Star Wars. And he goes, Everyone's seen Star Wars, Ted. The only people who haven't seen Star Wars are the characters in Star Wars, and they've lived through it. My my hetero life mate hasn't seen Star Wars. Um, I, I, That's not completely true. He's never seen one all the way through. He's never seen any of the movies the whole way through. But he's seen. But he's, he's seen, seen them. Parts. No. no. He's no. never seen Star Wars. He doesn't anyway. know. He doesn't know from Star Wars. Okay. But what I loved about these characters Maybe he are, was in Star Wars, and he just won't tell anyone. Maybe he did live Star Wars. He was a stormtrooper. Who knows? (laughs) Um, What I love about these characters, what I love about Finn, what I love about Poe, what I love about everyone that we run into, with the exception of the 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 four that we've known from the the previous movies, is Star Wars is new to them too. They've never seen Star Wars, and they're how great. How great was uh, Oscar Isaac? Oscar Isaac was amazing as Poe. Oh my goodness! So it was great. Good. It was great. Do you the talk moment, first, or do I talk first? What's the? Yeah, that that moment, that moment where he's in front of the big bad, and he's just like, "So, so do you talk first? How does this work? Like, do I talk first? You're the, oh, you're awesome. I love you. I love you. Yep. <laughs> and the fact that he got into an X wing, I was like, that's still fucking around. It, Holy yeah. shit! And, and just he was, he was, he's the Han Solo. He's charming. Right. He kicks ass. He he's. Right off, you know, kind of off the cuff, does things his own way. He doesn't do everything necessarily by the book, and that's did, awesome. Did you guys think he died when the? I thought yes, he was dead. I was, the Tie Fighter blew up. Yeah, I was. I was very. I was upset. I was like, I was upset about it. Yeah, I was yeah. Like, that's a good character. I can't wait to see more. Oh, he you've just known died. that character okay. for a full ten minutes, and when they show you that that Tie Fighter sinking, and you're like, Shh, no, like I I really liked you. Why would you do that to me? Um, <laughs> My that was great, thing. but but that's the but that made you love Finn even more too, because right mm-hmm. there you're in that moment with Finn, and you're like you're feeling the exact same thing because they just met and they just had this exchange that was so wonderful. That scene they with, had a bond immediately. They had a bond so, immediately, so and that strange. scene in the Tie Fighter where he's like, "What's your name?" and he's like, "FN two one eight seven eight seven and he's like, "That's too much." I'm gonna call you Finn. Um, that I like that. I like so that. That's great. good. 
such a great scene. He's, and he, it, it was so heart-wrenching to watch that character go through it and then have to walk across the desert in this clunky Stormtrooper outfit for most of it. Um, here, here's yeah. what I loved about Finn. Um, and it was it was a couple of moments. Number one, that my favorite moment, absolutely hands down, of Finn, was when they're on the uh, the Death Star planet, which I'm sorry, Star Killer Base. Thank Star Killer Base, and they're like, "Well, how are you going to disable the shields?" And he's like, "I don't know. I work san- sanitation. People are counting on us." And he goes, oh, "We'll use the Force." That's not and how the like, Force hey, that's works. Not, that's, that's not how, how force that's works. not how any of this works. That's all I thought about. So uh, I love that. The, I, the other I part love was when, when when they have phasma. Yeah, that's what he's like. I'm in charge. Now, I'm in charge Phasma. now. I'm in charge, Phasma. Guess what? <laughs> Solo's like, so like, good. Dial it down. So I, he's got the is, best liners. Who is Finn? He is. So Finn is. Uh, so in this movie, they make a very big point of saying that they're not using traditional stormtroopers. They right. are reconditioned soldiers. People who kids right. who are grabbed. They had the from, backstory where he was abandoned right. or, or whatever. They, they grab them at a very young age or at birth, and they pretty much mind wipe them into being soldiers for the first order. Mm-hmm. And right. he and another great scene, and, and a scene that you don't even know he's in, is that first scene where he sees one of his stormtrooper cohorts get shot, and and he does that like little blood print on his helmet, and he like kind of he just snaps, and he's like, I don't want to do this. I and can't do this. the first time I think we've ever seen a stormtrooper bleed. First time and, you've seen and, anybody and, in this and, trilogy, in right. this series, bleed. And, and make them human, which was very interesting. It, it's what made a stormtrooper human for me really quickly. Right. Like, holy shit. So, but, but the, immediately they started talking about, you know, a malfunction or, or whatever the, the word they used, mm-hmm. um, showing signs of But they said this was his first. Or, Right, right. No, I get it, but it, it, doesn't it make you feel like there's when something that going- happened? Who he really is comes out. Yeah, right? right. Yeah. So my issue is this dude wakes up and knows how to use a lightsaber. Who is he? Well, to me, I don't, I don't really think, think he necessarily knows how, how to use it. a lightsaber. It's just, right. it's just like when you grab the empty wrapping paper tube and started beating your little brother or sister over the uh, head with it. Yeah, he was he was doing fancy pants mm, with the lightsaber. But he's no, way he more was. comfortable with a blaster. The moment he gets the chance to grab a blaster, he does it. Like, he, he, he really is not comfortable using that weapon. What's his backstory? Well, no one knows. No one it's, knows. It was just the beauty part about it. Um, here's my thing, and and I'm sorry we're all over the place, so if I need to be reined in, someone smack me. Um, part, of in, this, part of this movie, that fast, something that fascinated me, and, and I caught it on the first showing, but it was too late, but I paid attention to it on the second movie, is the the bit about the eyes that I've, I, I'm, if you live long enough, you can start seeing the same eyes in people. And she sees and she says something about, I see someone who's looking to run away. I see a man who's looking to run away and something else. And I'm so sorry that I think there's more to him than meets our eye. Hence why he has the nonconformity moments with it, why he gets awakened by some blood and why, just like you said, Josh, even though he has a little bit of military training, he can pick up a lightsaber and kind of start doing things. He doesn't have good skill at it. Hence why, just like Brian said, when a laser becomes available, he's like, I'm going to pick this shit up and use this instead. Um, there is definitely more to him than meets the eye. Uh, and, and I'm very interested to see where they go, but I, th- I this thing about eyes is going to come in when we talk about other characters and I just kind of want to plant the scene now for it, but something's going on with Finn and I, at second we learn his backstory, you're just going to go, how did I not see that coming? How did I not see that coming? 
and you're going to be uh, completely shocked that they are going to make it make sense. Something's going to happen. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, we, what we touched on Poe and, and Finn. So let's talk about Kylo Ren a little bit. Because this guy was badass. Can I talk about him yeah, more was. than a little bit? I <laughs> He was badass. So I, I think he is so menacing and, and so scary. He scares me. He, like, seriously, legitimately scares he has, me. He has – they keep on mentioning that he hasn't fully embraced the dark side, but he knows the Force, like, intensely. Right from that first scene where Poe tries to shoot him, and he stops right. a blaster midair. And the best part about it, and the first thing I noticed was that – he stops it, and then he doesn't need to like keep doesn't concentrating need to concentrate on it. On he it just at keeps all. going about his business, and that thing is just still sitting there, and it doesn't move until he walks away. The the thing about that that really scared me is that is actually it's two things, Brian. At that moment, not only does he freeze the blaster midstream, he freezes Poe, yeah, midstream too. He does two things simultaneously with a hand up and puts the hand down and continues on his way. Not having to sit there and hold it, not having to concentrate it on it intensely, that he can continue to do other things while his force is going. And it stays that way. The The blaster stays midstream until he starts walking into the ship after he's noticed Finn. After he noticed Finn, he kind of like jolts him with a little surprise of releasing the blaster and it blows up a piece of the the like the town. Yeah, um, that it, part instantly it, it's scares a use the, of the shit force out of me. that we've never seen before, and it, it, it immediately sets him up to be like, "This dude is scary." And then they, the the more they show of him, and, and the two or three quote unquote temper tantrums this guy has, love him when when. He uh, when the droid escapes and the guy comes in to say that the droid escaped and he just grabs a lightsaber and like like CJ said to me earlier, does the equivalent of a table flip in the Death Star and just yeah. just starts wailing on whatever nearest computer console on his lightsaber, which I really hope wasn't important. I was just, just going to say, do you call an engineer? Do you call some? No, like, who you, cleans you up just, that mess? You just put some crossing tape over it and you're like, no one goes in that room anymore. Um <laughs> It's it shows a villain who is not in control of his emotions. Darth Vader, as menacing and as scary and badass as he is, he was constantly in control of his anger. And this guy's not. He can fall off, just fly off the handle at any moment, and he doesn't care who he hurts, obviously, because yeah. he killed his freaking father. Um, yep. So it, it's it's definitely more terrifying that way, to me, at least. The, the, the hissy fits are... Uh, telling honestly at that um there was a quote and i i believe it was with jj abrams and if it wasn't again my apologies that this movie is more about the development of the villain than it is of our heroes and yeah. if you look at the new hope a new hope is a development of the hero and then the villain's already pretty much established we get it vader's bad and that's just from the beginning so seeing a movie on the opposite side of of you know the 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 coin there is really interesting. Um, I don't the the fact that he can really go from zero to sixty in less than a second. He goes is, zero to a hundred real quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> is is super telling, and uh, it 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 honestly terrifies me. And a lot of people, I mean, the, listen, the natural thing to do is just go right ahead and compare him to Vader, uh, and uh, I don't think that's fair. Um, I think it's a, a more comparison at this point in the stage to some of the Anakin stuff in, in two and three, um, or even more Luke, uh, it, trying to balance the side of the floor. Anyway, 
I, I, I find him absolutely terrifying. I think Vader is still a more scary villain as a villain goes. But, I mean, just the sheer power this guy has with the Force, with, again, not even completing his dark side training. He's not even, like, A, again, just like Brian said, not fully even embrace the dark side. But B, hasn't even, like, done good training on the dark side. Because he asked to get, you know, uh, Snoke asked for him to come back to complete his training. I'm like, he's not even done? Holy shit. The strength this guy is going to have is going to be crazy. So this is going to be a hell of a villain uh, down the road to, to, do, to go for it. What did you think, Josh? What did you think of Kylo Ren? Uh, I thought it was a good start to a story, but that there's way, way too much more there to really. And and I haven't seen it three times. So all this little, these little things you're catching, I didn't catch. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I thought that they, uh, they wrote him really well. I thought he was absolutely menacing. I thought when, you know, (laughs) when he took off the mask and I think this is where you're going. People I'm laughed like, in the theater twice. Yeah, Both showings, like, they laughed at I, I'm, I'm thinking, mm, you should have kept it on. And, <laughs> and and here's the thing, and I was trying so hard not to know anything. As we told, and guys know, I was very, very big fan of the trailers not showing me anything. I tried to stay away as much as I could from this movie about it. When they took off the mask and they revealed it, I know this actor from the HBO show Girls, uh, which is a terrible show, so don't go watch it. Yeah, and and he was also in, I think, a movie about Abraham Lincoln. I don't know if it was the one with Daniel Day-Lewis or what, but I know he played something in Abraham Lincoln. I do not like this actor. So I was trying everything I could to just not pass judgment based on the fact that I didn't like this guy. But then at both showings I was at, everybody laughed when he took off his mask. Keep that mask on. That guy fucking terrifies me. The second he takes it off, I'm like, nah, not so much. So he, right. here's what I'll say about that. Um, because it's 11.53 on Christmas night, I'm going to give you your other Christmas present, CJ, and say I was uh, quite pleased that they didn't show me anything in the trailers as well. So you were right. So let that sink in. Unwrap it. Show it to everybody. It's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. CJ was right about something. that when I go to bed tonight. I'm just going to keep playing that. Like, You're welcome. Merry Christmas. But I've never seen this guy. So, I mean, I didn't. My my initial feeling was, well, he he's the son he's of two of the most beautiful people in the galaxy. Of course, he's a pretty boy. I mean, he Harrison Ford and, and Carrie Fisher. Have you seen some of the pictures of Carrie Fisher from Return of the Jedi? Yeah, he's gonna be pretty. He's screwed up now. Ray made sure of that. So. Yeah, which is why I know that he's gonna be wearing the helmet for the rest of the saga, which is fine with or me. Or when or when he does take it off, he's gonna have an effed up face. So he's gonna have which at least good. one huge scar across his face. So yeah. Okay. Okay. What? It's just and this is crazy. What if? What if he's not their son? What if neither? He nor Ray is a solo. What if they're both Skywalkers given to Han and Leia, one of them, and the other hidden away mm-hmm. because Luke was being pursued? What if they were both Luke's? Uh, Luke, I, the only thing I have problem with that is Luke wasn't being pursued until Kylo Ren went and right. killed no, everybody. No, I, my, I, I, my, get, my I get big, what you're saying, Josh. My big, no, my big thing about the character is this, this guy doesn't have any Han in him at all. So you there's think he, no, he there's no solo. There I... is no solo in him, and there's little solo in, in... Hold on, CJ. I just... I'm looking at him throwing these temper tantrums. That's not Han. Right. 
That's all Skywalker. Right. And I don't think I just I just don't think that the story pl- like what did he no, I, 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 I guess like, no, no, I, I really Han, do. So he's he's half Skywalker. He's already deluded. There's no way he would be that strong. So here's the 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 thing I'm thinking for that. Um, number one is this: um, even having a master of the Force, even being you know half Skywalker, uh, he's still the male Skywalker, which obviously is very strong with the Force. And Carrie Fisher, if that's his mom. That's why he would have that because Leia has force feelings in this movie. When we Han, don't know that Leia is any any weaker than Luke, right? We be, don't know. Because, right, we don't she's know never because when Han dies, right? When Han dies, right? Leia has yeah. no information. They cut to her and she no, sinks down. No, it was down like it was like Yoda when Order sixty six yep. was executed. Yep, exactly. So or um, like Leia when Luke's hand got cut off. Um, right. So she had that same exact moment in Empire. Here, Here's what I'll say. I do see some Han in him, and it's it, it's all about the the rebelness. It's all about the not conforming to what's going on. Um, he they're going to go talk to to to, to uh, God damn it. What's the big? Wait, but that's not again? Han. That's Hold on, Snoke. I'm going to tell you. No, Han, no I'm going to tell you. Han isn't a rebel. Snoke. Snoke. No, Han is. Don't tell me what to do. Let me do the things I want to do the way I want to do them. And when they don't pan out, that's when we'll talk about it. He was he was uh, an imperial. Whatever, like he he worked for the empire and he was fired. Like he's not a right. So he's so not here's a rebel nonconformist. They, he's a mercenary. They're going to go to get uh, BB-8, and instead he comes back with Ray, and they're going to go to be with Snote, and he's just like, nope. Apparently Kylo Ren here thought it'd be okay to just abandon the droid and just go ahead and go with getting getting the girl. And he's just like, don't trust me. The girl's a great idea. Trying to talk his way out of it. Trying to use his his knowledge and trying to use his wordsmithism to get out of the fact that he totally disobeyed this order, totally screwed it up, and it's costing them more harm than good. Um, the the temper tantrums are very Anakin like. Same, same as Anakin, yeah. Right, the temper tantrums are very Anakin like, but you can get that just from Leia being his mom. Um, I, I don't th- I don't think that that theory carries a lot of weight. Again, could be totally wrong. No, I and I, like I said, it's crazy talk. Right. I understand it's crazy talk. Yeah. But these are the only thoughts I've had, and I, I didn't, I don't say them. I, I didn't say them at first because it's fucking crazy to say out loud. I, my my problem, CJ, is that these two people, Ray, Kylo Ren, they are connected. Yes, and they are connected in a very close way. And I don't, I can't see how they're cousins, and that's their connection. They have to be brother and sister. They have to be brother and sister. It is the but, only way it plays for me. They have to be. No, nah, I, 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 I see him as they're balancing each other out in the lights and dark side. And Brian's very quiet about this. The only way that that would be absolutely necessary is if they were related. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like so. you can have that kind of connection all through, all through. I get what like, you're saying. I really do. I, I just before don't think right. before the Battle of Yavin, right? So all through history, before Order sixty six, there were a ton of Jedi, but only two Sith. Okay, and generally those two were completely unrelated. The time when you started having issues with the Force was when Anakin became Vader. And now you have a family on opposite sides. Father-son relationship, very strong. Cousins, not so much. Brother and sister, opposite sides of the force, is the only way 
this conflict is as big as it needs to be. Not cousins. I mean, I, I, I can understand. Because you know, you know who cares about cousins? I, Nobody. Um, I'm a cousin. I got a lot of cousins. But the, it's just I don't see the cousin relationship being worthy of telling the story. I, I, it, I, I, I feel you. But again, there's so much that that needs to be explained and needs to be done. I think, given a good script, it, you can feel that connection with. Brian, Cousins. all my theories are batshit crazy. I know. And I I know they are. You know, which go back is, 20 minutes. I wasn't out. saying any of this stuff, but I've had right. yeah, another glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have things it, to listen, say. Listen, it's – it, listen, I'm not going to rule it out as impossible. I'm not going to rule it out as stupid or, or anything like that. It's definitely a possibility. It's it's definitely something that could make sense. You're, I think you're just going to have to do it right and um, you know, I really – at the end of the day, I really don't give a shit if they're brother or sister or cousins – uh, as long as the story's good, I'll, I'll be along for the ride. Uh, I'm just hoping to not have the same formula for these three movies as we did in the original right. trilogy. I wore, That's the only thing I, uh, I I wore a tie to this podcast, and that ups my rightness quotient <laughs> exponentially. Like times times ten n to the nth, whatever. That's the what this tie does for my rightness quotient. All right, I'll give it to you. There you go. All right my game tie (laughs) (laughs) it's not a holiday tie cj this is my game tie so here's the thing and i I told you i would come back to this i want to talk a little bit about the the eyes so this is the part of the eyes i want to bring back to you uh general hux when he's making the big speech uh out to the massive group of stormtroopers and and uh people out there um, they really start to focus in on his face and his eyes and the way he's speaking, his speech pattern, the way his voice is starting to change, sounds very much like the Emperor. It has this deep, dark, gravelly, distorted feel to it that he doesn't have in any other time he's talking to any character, addressing a subordinate, nothing. When he's at the height of his power for it, his eyes get these very pale blue color which is not this actor's normal eye color. And he has that weird, different speech to him that I, I don't hear in any other time. And I'm wondering, again, going on with this thing of eyes, because they mention it several times in the movie. Okay, could, no, all right, could, he, let's, let's, could he have something that's very Emperor-like? Let's could reel, he be let's reel it in just a little bit, because there's one scene where they talk about eyes. And that's no, they it. talk about it another time, too. Mm. It's I, think it, I think it was mentioned twice. It was mentioned twice. I'm not saying it was prevalent all over the place, but it was mentioned twice. I don't. I, know when the I think you're was. reading I a think, little bit too much into it. But no, I think that might be enough to to talk about some. You know, it leading into other things. Absolutely. I don't know about. I don't know about general. No, Hux. just maybe. I'm not general saying he's related Hux. to the emperor. I'm saying that that's a moment where he has a very emperor like speech, and we don't see the the big big bad. Um, in person, yeah, we're just dealing with these two guys, and it's a faction maybe dividing between this evil force of people who are force users and people who are non-force users. Uh, or does he have the force and he's hiding it? Like, who knows? We didn't think that, you know, no, the No, I just think he's he's the, the moth force. talking to to Kylo Ren. I, I don't think there's anything more well, to he it tries to that. put Kylo Ren in his place several times. Yeah, so Find did Grandma's talking. How do you do that? Right, well, I just... I, I, just Again, because he lasted till the end of the theory. movie doesn't mean he's anything bigger. We're I missing. Just don't have my tie on. We're missing I, a key character. 
I mean, do you want to spend more time on General Hux? No, no, that was the only thing because I had for him. Key, he was great. The, the, by the way, I mean, we're technically missing key two key characters, but I want I want to talk a little bit about Phasma. And the reason I want to talk a little bit about her is because she's not in this movie very much. <laughs> yeah, she's like ten minutes of screen time. And that that's a lot of the a lot of the complaints going around is that we made a big deal about this female stormtrooper commander. She's not in it much. And to those people, I say, you know who wasn't in A New Hope a lot? Boba Fett. Boba Fett, yep. I think she's going to be the Boba Fett of this trilogy. I think she comes back in the second movie in a big, bad way, being pissed off that she got thrown into the trash compactor, and she's going to go after Finn hard. So I'm excited for her future more than, you know, what I saw of this movie. And every moment that she had on the screen grabbed your attention from it. Uh, she, she, She... held your attention you listened to the words that she said uh none of it was weak pouty or could have been done by somebody else and to brian's credit at one point he had told me i wish i would have seen her in one other scene and that was when uh finn first picks up the lightsaber and fights that stormtrooper yeah i kind of wish that fight scene was between her and finn and not some random stormtrooper and finn would have been pretty cool and the other thing to that i think would have made it even cooler is that is the second that's the first time but there's two times in the movie where finn is called a traitor right yeah, Kylo Ren traitor. calls him a traitor. Kylo Ren calls him a traitor, and and what my wife said, and I have to give her credit, was the way that Kylo Ren yelled traitor to him reminded her of when Anakin called Obi-Wan a traitor in episode three, where he's burning on the lava, right? Again, he thinks... He's all Skywalker, he's brother. All, he's all dead. <laughs> and then that guy is yelling, you know... Traitor. He's all Skywalker. All Skywalker. You're just you're it just goes, adding fuel goes, to Josh's theory. Goes to Brian's theory. My wife brought it up, and I told her I thought it was a great observation. And I'll have to mention it. Finn gets called a traitor only two times in the film, and one of them sounds a hell lot like an Anakin line. For people who are thinking that there's another option out there, there's fuel for your fire. Josh just popped in my head, and I thought I had to give it to you. Oh. Skywalker, but I, I'm sorry. Um, we were. I, I think that she is a fantastic character. I absolutely agree with you, Brian. I think she's going to be the Boba Fett of this series, and um, I can't wait to see more and more of her. Yeah, I think she's going to be, be badass. I would love to see just one scene of how she gets out of the compactor. That'd be cool. <laughs> just open up episode be, eight with that. <laughs> you know, it'd be some shit, Brian. Is if is if there actually isn't a mother? Luke managed to manipulate the midichlorians oh, in God. such a way. That created these two children. No, isn't that how Anakin was made? Anakin no. was a uh, no. Yeah, what Anakin if, has what no if, dad. <laughs> what if that's the story? Won't you shit if Luke carried the babies and Luke no, gave birth to two babies? Them just create. So I, I, that theory sounds a lot like uh, the 1997 Godzilla film, where Godzilla just <laughs> reproduces asexually in, in Madison Square Garden. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, does that mean is Matthew that like, Broderick is, is like going to be in the next Star Wars? you spit out another Yoshi? Yes, exactly. It's exactly what it's like. Very astute. Very astute for it. Going so, going round the bend, as as Josh would say. <laughs> um, You've gone round the bend, Eugene. The, the, other, the other character that I, I would like to talk about is uh, BB-8, because he was a huge part of this story. He was cool. He was he was I endearing like R2D2. I love that son of a bitch and I love him more than R2D2. Is yeah. that sad? Because you know why? Because he can he can tilt his head. He can emote. He can emote a he, lot more. Yeah, he can emote. He yep. can oh. He reminded me of Wally. <laughs> yeah. And you know what was awesome too? He had this little thing that when when uh you when Ray meets him for the first time and he's like, "Can I come with you?" and she's like, "No, you can't come with me." He puts his head down and he kind of purrs like a cat. 
Did anyone else hear that? It was like, and he like purred like a cat. He did it twice too. He did I thought it by he was R2. sulking. I thought he was sulking. Yeah, thought he was sulking. He, he was just, it sounded like purring a cat. Sulking. He probably was sulking. I thought he was oh. And all I thought about well, I was it, if he sounds like a cat, Brian, you could bring him into your house. Right? And because he's a droid, it won't the affect the cat to male ratio. Stays the same. And there you go. You can have a cat that's Star Wars like Brian. That's Star Wars like. Why wouldn't you want this? I'm just saying. You can probably buy one. I think like $150. There are $150 bucks for a BB-8 uh, yeah, RC car, essentially. And and what I did like about BB-8, too, was it was, again, this is part of taking the formula of New Hope and mixing it up a little bit. New Hope is driven by R2-D2 being on a goddamn mission to get classified information to, to somebody. Uh, and And this is the same thing that BB-8 does. BB-8 is on a classified mission to get his information to somebody. And it's driving the force behind it. And at the end of the day, BB-8 is the reason why we get to Luke Skywalker. He's a very pivotal character in, yep. in making the action happen. And he's incredibly emotive. Reminded me of Wally a little bit. Just just like R2, who is the only you know non-human character in a movie that I can remember being memorable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I immediately... He, he's funny. He... That that scene where Finn Finn like pulls oh, yes. him aside, the- and he's just like, "Listen, I, I I'm not with the rebellion. You, you need to tell her I'm cool. Like, I'm no, cool. You I'll have, help no. you." And he gives him the thumbs up, and he's he got this the little lighter. lighter. The, lighter. the little yeah. lighter. That was fantastic. I, I actually have that, that. I, I, like a picture of that on my phone now. So anytime anybody does something good, I'm just going to be like. But it was it was that for me. It was when Finn called him over, and it's like they're having the conversation. And Finn's trying to talk to him, and BB-8 the whole time's like, "No, we need to go over here." Right, yeah. And Finn's like, "No, listen to me." <laughs> and I'm like, "This this character is cool. Like the the way they wrote him <laughs> is, and I'm assuming it's a him, but uh, the way that they wrote the character, it was it's really cool." And, and the funny thing too is, at one point when he's haggling, when he's just <laughs> arguing with him, he goes, "Robot, please." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just lost my shit. I'm like, "Really? Did we just do that?" And I love the fact when he's like looking back and forth, he keeps doing this back and forth between Ray and Finn. It's like, do I do I tell you? Do do I right. do I tell him he's with the rebellion? I uh, sure whatever. He's with the rebellion. Here's your base. Um, I loved him so much. Uh, thank you, Brian. I I I didn't. I, if we went this the whole podcast without, without talking, talking about, about BB-8, BB-8, I would I would I would call you guys back up and say, <laughs> no, hold on. We Thirty something. minutes now. Thirty minutes. Who's, whose inner child went yay oh, when when R two powered up? Oh, everybody. Right? Everybody. Do you know what Everybody. was funny yeah. is is I thought, oh my god, do you know what just happened? R two D two just pulled a sonic screwdriver. <laughs> right? Is take the time to go into a deep sleep, figure out a big equation as to where this map is. And it's just like the sonic screwdriver from Day of the Doctor. Well, and and, and they again another thing they kind of plant the seed about is that they had this map in the Death Star records. And who's the only droid who's ever hooked up to the Death Star on multiple occasions? It's R2. R2. You're right. right. So he's had this map this entire time, and he he's just now beginning to understand the importance of it and processing it. And, and when it's done and when he knows, great, I have everything but this missing piece, he wakes up. I thought that was great. Yeah. I feel like the other thing, too, the other droid we got to talk about is C-3PO. And I feel oh hello, you probably don't recognize me because of the red arm. <laughs> yes, yeah, right, I, right. I feel like J.J. Abrams and everyone watched the Big Bang Theory enough and was like, you, "We've gotten so many comments about Sheldon and C-3PO being the like." I'm, we're just gonna do a straight up Sheldon moment 
And that red arm thing, I just see Sheldon at that point. I don't see C-3PO. The, the best part but about it wait is Wait for him to ruin that fucking moment that's happening between Luke and Leia. That's the, happening between the, Han and Leia. The best part just about it is he ruins, he ruins this moment. Is like, you probably don't recognize me because <laughs> I'm the same exact person, uh, droid, except for this red arm. <laughs> red and then arm. as they're walking away, like, it's very faint, but he's talking to BB-8. He's like, yeah, I know. I should get my arm replaced. Like, I should get a new gold yeah. arm. Yeah, so that way people will recognize me, and I'm like, "Are you kidding?" As me? a kid, I love C3PO. I thought he was so cool, and as an adult, I'm realizing he's just the guy that cockboxes you for everything. He's just the annoying douchebag who gets in the I way. I was annoyed. I was annoyed as a child with C3PO. I, I did not like him. He's he's that kid in high school who's like, "I'm smarter than you, and I know everything." And asked the no, the no, homework. no, no, no. He asked for the he's homework. The, he's the kid in high school. That isn't invited to the party, so before the party happens, he like tips off somebody's parents. <laughs> oh, that that I see. I never that's, got invited to parties. That's C three PO. That's C three PO. I never got invited to party, so I, I I'm not sure about that scenario. Did you ever tip somebody's parents off about a party? No, no one even told me parties were happening. No one liked well, me in school. Then, then you're then you're not C three PO. Well, I, I I I've always been a fan of C three PO myself. Um, so. Wait, See, did you tell me that you identified with C-3PO? In the original series? No. No. Really, Brian? Little, maybe a little. I mean, when, when I was little, I, I was just, cool spaceships and Han's awesome and <laughs> and there's robots and that one's kind of funny and all this and, other stuff. And it's different from you now how? It's not. I didn't say it was different. <laughs> I'm sitting there in the theater the like, oh, cool spaceships and robots and there's things blowing up and Han's awesome. Like... Um. It, yeah. I mean, this movie just every everybody was a little kid in it, and no matter how old you were, whether you were ten or you were forty or sixty five, you it was you were a kid again, and it was fantastic. so. Let's let's do this. Let's talk about the final character that we have to talk about, and then we can wrap up with some general thoughts or any other ideas that you have about the franchise. Let's talk about Luke because he didn't say a goddamn word, but he said more than any other character. Really. I, I feel like that scene, even though he didn't say anything, was extremely powerful scene. It spoke volumes. Okay, I'm going to see it again tomorrow, but tell me why. Go ahead, CJ. When she finally gets there, and, and Luke has been in isolation for, we're assuming, they didn't give a time frame, but I'm assuming uh, decades, right? At least two. Let's put it this way. At, 20 if years. Ava- at, at least 20 if, years. If the, all the shit hit the fan when Ray was like three She's got to be early 20s now. He's been right. in hiding for at least 20, 20 years. So 20 years by himself, not seeing anybody. Um, standing on this ridge, thinking or blaming himself. And again, we don't know much, but in my mind, he's blaming himself for what's happened. Hence why he went into seclusion and trying to figure out a way to fix it. Torturing. He, Han says that he blames himself. Yeah, but I mean, we're taking that through Han. So we got so to trust this Han. All, to, this to all happened right? with Kylo Ren when he was five. Six, we don't three. know. Don't know. They so they sent him that's away. What I'm saying I'm though, a, Luke. So maybe, like I don't understand. It's the timeline I'm having a problem re- with. CJ. Re- regardless, he's been he's been at least ten years. Can we at least agree ten it's years? It's got to be more. It's got to be so more. How, but old, I don't how old? How old is Ray? Do you think? How old do you think Ray is in this movie? Early twenties, like Brian. Okay, and then how old was she when she was ditched? You said three or four. I think three. Okay, so she's early twenties, and she was three. I I, I understand twenty, 20 years. years. But like, so 
this dude went Anakin at five. He's saying he's saying what? in his mind Kylo Ren should be like older. Oh, older. I I don't know. Blame casting. He could, I don't well, know what you want thing. me to He tell could you. be older. He's a pretty boy. Those people stay the same <laughs> age for at least ten years. The mask could be doing something. I don't know. Let, let's, let's not. Maybe get he's hung got up some pretty badass moisturizer need, in that mask. Our question him was really, why does why does the scene with Luke speak volumes more than some other? Characters? Yeah, I want to know that. Why? So so he's he has been uh, alone for twenty years. Whatever. He could be on that years. I know that. Um, torturing himself, trying to figure it out, just torturing himself over and over and over again. And then finally, from the seclusion comes this this woman who clearly has been going through something. And she pulls out his lightsaber, his father's lightsaber. And he, he turns to her, pulls off that hood. And everything that they say is, again, nonverbal, which is she's looking at him going, there's so much happening that you need to be here to help us with. There's so much that I need from you to help me. And everything is wrong. Everything is wrong right now. And and you are the only person that can ever come close to fixing this. And he's looking at her, reading that from her, and taking the guilt from being away for so long, probably saying a couple things. And this is what I got from him is, I, I, we have a lot of work to do. Um, Oh, my gosh. Someone who actually can feel the same thing that I'm feeling. I, I, I am actually not alone in this. And then it's, wh- what do I do now? And how can I make it right? And it's all said within 40 seconds with no words. And it's it, for me, it was that was powerful than some some other characters, not the main characters, but some other characters, whole performances. Brian, I, I think you're reading a little bit too much into it, CJ. I, to, I mean, to me, that scene kind of cemented just how important Ray is, because I think that look he gives her Luke knows exactly who she is, whether she whose daughter or whatever, or what she means to the force. I mean, we all know that he can feel the force in her. We all can agree that Luke knows. Luke yes. knows exactly who she is. And the fact that she is there and has gone through the trouble to find him. Yes, I can see how he would. That look he gives her like, well, the fact that you went through this to find me, something's happening. And we we, we, got, we, we need to do a lot of work. Um, and yeah, him, you know, that he hasn't had that lightsaber since Empire. He lost it when he lost his hand. So whether or not, I mean, we don't know, maybe between episodes six and seven, he found it and gave it to Maz and said, hey, give this to this person. We we don't know. But that her the fact that she has that lightsaber is a big deal and he knows it. So, I mean, that that's why that scene was pretty powerful for me. It, it, it again is just like this is the cornerstone that the, the next two movies are going to be completely built on top of. So I, I read I, – I, I don't know. I feel different ways about different characters. And every time Ray was on screen, I felt hopeful. Even if her situation looked like it was, you know, filled with despair, the character it herself, for some reason, to me, makes me feel hopeful. So I didn't, the end of the movie for me wasn't all of that. Uh, like, I didn't, CG, I didn't get all those mixed. Uh, despair sort of feelings. I Every time I saw her, I felt hope. When she climbed in the cockpit with Chewie, I immediately felt okay. Absolutely, me too. This is okay. I have hope, right? She's got this reassuring smile and confidence about her. I just felt hopeful. And at the end when she's climbing, I don't feel like she's running 
running for help. I don't feel like that. I feel like she's climbing with the hope of writing what's been wronged. And I don't think that there's any, I don't feel like there's any despair there. I think that initially that's how Luke is feeling, but I feel like when he sees her, he has hope, not struggle. You know what? I think that tie is definitely working because I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> Can I change my answer now? I'd like to change my answer, please. I would like to just put ditto marks instead. Um, nope. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. I, again, I still think there's volumes again. Uh, uh, all of that you get with unspoken I can't, scenes. I can't wait, CJ, to Phenomenal. see this for the second, third, fourth, and however many times in the theater. Um, in 2D. <laughs> right. A, a, yes, without the 3D. I sold an IMAX because, 3D. Not worth it. Oh, oh, so I, uh, that tie, God damn it. That tie, is that the last of a truth tie? Is that what the fuck that is? I'm, I'm going to see, I can't can't wait to get into what, what you've been doing the past few times is the, the nuances, the little things, but I, I'm, I hope, hopefully I want to hone more about how I feel about each character because it was the same way. With the first trilogy, Luke felt like hope mm-hmm. then, right. and Vader felt like despair, and uh, you know you had all of these different feelings. Han made you feel courageous, brave. There's different feelings with each of these characters, and I think that that's one thing that makes this the most unique story, uh, really of 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 my childhood for sure, um, and it's. It speaks to everyone, regardless of who you are. I can't wait to get more of it. And that that actually circles back to one other thing that I want to talk about before we wrap up and final thoughts and everything is not only does that have to do a lot with the casting and the people that they had in the roles, but it has to do with the direction. J.J. Abrams did an amazing job with this film. So yeah, good. seriously. Right, just right down to the little nuances that you don't notice the first time through, but like the second and third viewing, you notice those things. He made it feel like a new hope. Not yeah. just in the fact that the story beats were, were a lot like New Hope. You have this giant planet killer sure. thing. Excuse um, me, that, that planet is eight times larger than the Death It Star. is eight times larger. <laughs> but holy shit. Right down to the like just the camera swipes, the camera angles. It felt like I was watching New Hope again. Just like the little, yes. the little just swipes it, to each scene. It, it was amazing. Like I was watching New Hope if Lucas had done a better job, which is crazy <laughs> it, it is a, talk. It, no, the thing is, is not, not a better job, but what, what they've done is use modern technology to tell a story the same way it was told before. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And that's what felt great. And that was what was missing in the prequels was that – the prequels, A, the big problem with the prequels was you did not have that feeling of hope. You cannot point to one character in that series and say, I feel hopeful about this character. Even Obi-Wan, yep. his entire story arc in those prequels is his descent into losing this person that he's trying to save so terribly. Right, right. And I was hopeful for Qui-Gon, but that didn't last right. And, and, and that, that, it's a shame because you felt upset about the state of things in those prequels. And this movie, like I said, you know, in the beginning, it doesn't matter that Han died. It doesn't matter that five planets just got destroyed. It doesn't matter that the First Order is raging across the galaxy trying to reclaim what the Empire had. Right. You, you, you still hopeful. feel hopeful about the entire scenario that 
they're going to be okay. It's going to take a lot of work. There's going to be a lot of loss, but they're going to be okay at the end of this. And that's what that's, and that's all down to what J.J. Abrams did. It's all about the tone of this movie because that could have so horribly gone wrong in yep. anybody else's hands. And I'm so glad that he that he was the man behind the wheel here. Um, so I, I don't know what you guys want to say about J.J. Abrams and, and the direction of this film, but I, I've said what I wanted to say. I, I the only thing I can say is this. I read an article that said J.J. Abrams read the script f- the for the next movie and is bummed that he didn't get to sign on to direct it. Other than that, I think it was phenomenal. I don't know. I, I wouldn't add if, if I were Disney, I'd go who to whoever we signed on to be that director. Be like, we'll, we'll give you something else. JJ's going to take number eight, too. Then <laughs> 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 you can't, like, really, you can't because just I, you can't give that over to another director after what you know, JJ like, did with you this can. movie. So you can. It'll be okay. And my, my final thoughts, and I'll tie it in with JJ Abrams, is that, uh, Movies that are influential in your life, they they make you feel a certain kind of way. They make you – and it's not about the script and it's almost never about the cast of characters. It is about the direction that the movie is taken and how. And uh, this was one of those movies that I'll – I will remember the first time I saw it because it absolutely – made me feel things, yes. a lot of things, and all at once and 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 all throughout the movie. And the theme for me, again, of, of hope is what I felt the whole time, like you were saying, even though I should not, but I did. And damn it, I don't know how they did it, but that's an amazing feat to pull off, especially with someone, you know, like me who is as cynical and who is – um just in general guarded um, to be able to do that when my guard was up because of my expectations and so on and so forth. That was really excellent. The movie um, now that I've had some time to reflect on it and, and ignore the awful 3d experience um, reflect on the characters and reflect on the story and, and the potential. And I've thought about where I think it's going. I, I mean, it's, it's going to be, easily replacing some of the top 20 movies mm-hmm. all time for me. I, I I will say there haven't been many movies, honestly, that I will say in about 10 to 15 years, I said, yeah, I saw that. I remember seeing it in the theaters and what an amazing experience right now. Honestly, on my list, the only one that's, that's on there and, and I'm sure I'll regret saying anything and there'll be another one later is a uh, dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Watching that movie, saying I saw that in theaters, that was an amazing movie. The the world that happened around it and how everyone mentioned it forever uh, is on my list. This is the only other movie I can ever think of that I I, I can I can think about that. People talk about I, I seeing now, The Godfather. I, 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 I got to tell you to pump your brakes right now. <laughs> pump pump them pump them hard. Pump your brakes. You just said Dark Knight and Godfather. Pump your brakes. Some people well, say The Godfather. He says. Yeah, Bobby some breaks. people no. So some people talk about seeing The Godfather in theaters, right? Well, I wasn't alive in 1972. I didn't say you were. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying you. What, what do you? What am I putting my brakes for? Am I putting this in a class of movie it shouldn't be in? Uh, I think so. A little bit. Yeah. Let, let's not go into the Godfather debate. I have some. Let me just say this. There's it. a couple of movies that people talk about all the time being able to see it in the theater and what a treat it was and how you missed out because you couldn't see this movie in theaters when it was new and you saw it sitting on your couch. 
I'm so glad that this movie is a movie. The that pantheon could, of movie going yes, experience. Exactly. This is the movie going experience of of my life that I'm going to put in number one. This is the thing that's like you missed out not seeing this thing in theaters first. I'm I'm glad we got to watch it on Blu-ray on TV, or I'm glad we got to watch it there. But man, you should have seen this thing when it was new and in theaters. The world that's, was crazy. That's valid. That's, that's where this valid. experience goes with. That's how I feel about the Dark Knight. Right. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. and that and yeah, you, I get it. I get it. You missed out. So any final things anyone else needs to say too? I thought those were great. Anyways. Yeah. Um. I mean, as far as my my final thoughts, my my first true memory of movies in general was star wars was my dad breaking out those old vhs and sitting me down and saying you're old enough to understand let's let's you need to watch these um and it, it it's amazing how i was six years old all over again in that theater and and the, the feelings that it, it brought to me and, and you guys are absolutely right this is going to be a movie that even though it was memorable because I saw it by myself, that's not going to be the reason I remember it. I'm going to remember it for the fact that I, I was in the theater on the opening day, not at Alvin and the Chipmunks. Sorry, Paul. And <laughs> it was everything that I wanted it to be. And, and I, I felt six years old again. I had that childlike wonder and I got out of the theater being like, I can do anything. And then life slapped me in the face. But for that brief moment, I felt like a kid again, and it, it's fantastic how they did that, and I, I I can't wait to see it again and again and again and again. So, guys, we've we've talked for a long time, and I really want to appreciate you to to sticking around and listening to us and, and, and going a little long. I appreciate you fans for for doing that. There's so much that was left unsaid about this movie. I'm sure there's things that you guys wish we were talking about. Uh, we just didn't get a chance to bring it all up. I know everyone's got a theory. Everyone has an experience uh, that's with it. So we want to hear from you. Really, we really want to hear what you thought of this new Star Wars movie, what you think the future of this franchise is like, um, and how you're feeling. Uh, we want to be your therapy session for you so you can vent because I know some of you just can't talk to some of your friends about this. So the easiest way to do that, guys, is have your voice on the podcast with us. Call 484-373-4119. Tell us about your experience. Tell us about your theories. Tell us about how you're feeling. Uh, just just go ahead and, and get the opportunity to get that out of, out of your system and, and get that out into somebody else. Uh, you can also uh, tweet at us at that kind of nerd on Twitter or on Facebook facebook.com slash that kind of nerd uh, thank you so much for the extra time that we took out of this episode thank you so much for making us your walk around the neighborhood or your drive to work continue to listen to this podcast and we'll see you next week please have a fantastically safe holiday uh, especially for the good new year so thank you guys and merry christmas to you too thank you for recording and thank you for merry listening. christmas and a happy new year thank you so much for listening guys Sitting and, and on the sand being like, do, 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 I'm a rebel pilot. I was uh, quite pleased that they didn't show me anything in the trailers as well. So you were right. Enjoy that compliment. It's your Christmas gift. Da, 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 da. It's a Christmas miracle.
I wore uh, I, I wore a tie to this podcast, and that ups my rightness quotient. Hang on, I got a tie now too. So I, I am I am equally, if not more, right than Josh. 